It's Friday, September 9th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 267. How's it going, Russ? Doing good, man. You know, it's Friday, and uh, it is my wife's birthday, turning hey. uh, 35. And <laughs> I got her a little crown that said she's turning 35, and she thought that was pretty funny. So that was a win to uh, to start the day. Oh, wait, she so. probably really is turning 35. It's not one of those jokes. No, that's Is real. She really she's actually 30. turning 35. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's, uh, she's not like 49 9, turning 35 for the 15th. Time no, this whatever. isn't, this isn't like, yeah, this isn't the 29 plus six yeah. or whatever. This is, <laughs> you know, we're going with the actual birthday. Nice. Um, like I saw someone well, the other day that said that I'm, that I'm not 35. I'm 29 with six years of experience. I thought yeah. that was actually pretty good. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I liked it. All right. So, okay. um, How about yourself? Yeah, man. I'm doing okay. I am. My brain is a little bit obsessed, or not obsessed, but like focused on the fact that I have a, a CrossFit competition this e- that starts this evening. So it's five workouts. Two of them are tonight, and three of them are tomorrow. Uh, I've been doing CrossFit for about one year now, and I'm still learning a lot of stuff. And I'm a little bit nervous about this this event tonight, mostly because it's not just by myself, but it's a partner thing. So they had people pair up and um, I'm competing in the highest division. I'm competing in the RX. So okay. well, I am just trying helps, not to get my butt handed to me really is what it listen, is. And my, my partner all, wants to podium. He's like, I already bought. He's like, <laughs> he sent me a photo of this like single barrel scotch whiskey, whatever. He's like, I got our podium drink or whatever. And I'm like, oh, bro. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, I am. I don't know who your partner is. But I'm on yeah. board with this. You go out there and you be a champion, damn it. All right. Okay. That's what okay. you're going to do. All right. I love and, it. And, and if you need help, I'm going to send you a video where The Rock yells at you because I'm pretty sure that that's what he's been doing to me in workouts. So good. Uh, that'll help. It. And that dude, All that right. dude's a champion. I'm starting to get psyched. I'm starting to get psyched. Okay. Psyched. <sighs> okay. Here we go. Uh, well, we have a podcast we got to film first or record. Yeah, and then we got yeah. got other phone calls to finish up the day. All right. I believe in you. This day in tech history. Thank you for believing in me, Russ. The very first computer bug, quote unquote, bug was on September 9th. Today is September 9th. But you have to tell me what year because it wasn't this year. It wasn't today. Operators very of the first. Yeah. Operators no. of the Harvard Mark II find a moth trapped in relay number 70 in panel F. The bug <laughs> is taped. <laughs> the bug is taped to their troubleshooting log where it was written, quote, first actual case of bug being found, quote. This was not the first use of the term bug, though, however, for computer problems. But this was the first time the term debug was used. <laughs> <laughs> do you like that one? I do. This is tickling me. The context certainly helps, I suppose, because I, I had a, uh, a date immediately come to mind, as is typical. And um, then I thought to myself, I was like, it, it can't be this far back. But you know what? I'm going with it anyways. I'm going to say 1957. 1945. Dang it. You got pretty close. You got closer than I would have gotten. Yeah. So, I mean, I would if I were revising it. Yeah. If I were revising it, I think I probably would have said 70s, thinking of like okay. the actual type of bug. Um, mm-hmm. But knowing the types of computers that existed prior to, you know, 
Right. Whoever in the when world I say Harvard, Harvard Mark II and I say trapped in relay number 70 in panel F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? That, that helped quite a bit. But I mean, even as you said it, my first thought, it was just the first thing that came to mind was 1957. And then I was going to change it because it was like, okay, my first thought is my gauging, you know, date that I'm going to go off of. Yeah. And then you gave me context and I was like, I'm sticking with it. We're rolling with it. So it was eh, yeah. relatively close, I suppose. Tyler, what's your guess? Oh, 1922. Okay. Well, you lose. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. Tyler's so here, I, if y'all didn't notice. Okay. So, but again, it said this wasn't the first time, the first use of the word bug. So I had to go look that up too, obviously. Right. So the middle English word, it's B-U-G-G-E is the basis okay. for the terms bugbear or bugaboo as terms used for a monster. Therefore, the term bug to describe defects has been a part of engineering jargon since the 1870s. It actually predates Whoa. electronics and computers, and it may have originally been used in hardware engineering to describe mechanical malfunctions. For instance, Thomas Edison wrote about it in a letter to an associate in 1878. Whoa. It's crazy. Yeah. That's, uh, that is interesting. I yeah. did not here's know the, I mean, Here's all. the quote from Thomas Edison in the letter in 1878, and this I'm just pulling out this little part, but difficulties arise. This thing gives out, and it is then that it bugs as such little faults and difficulties are called, show themselves. That's what he was writing. Hmm. 1878. Fascinating. So, fun fact, Very man. Cool. Yeah, fun fact. And then, uh, you know, top of the tech news, some ex-staff at Patreon laid off its entire... Uh, oh, say, I'm sorry. Some ex-staff say that Patreon laid off its entire cybersecurity team this week, raising user concerns. Patreon says the move will have, quote, no impact on its security. Oh, I, I found okay. that funny. And then I saw some okay. memes on Twitter about it. Like, have you seen the one with the uh, the little Cheeto that's in the lock, you know, like uh, in a bathroom stall? You have the metal bar that goes over. Somebody had put a Cheeto uh, in there oh. and took a photo of it or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Patreon security or something. It's a very meme worthy situation. Uh, mm -hmm. If I can say so myself, I'm certain that there was a lot of excellent content Yeah, uh, yeah. going on from there. Which is interesting to mention, too, because there's a handful of people that support this show on Patreon, which we haven't talked about in probably a year and a half or so that we actually do have a Patreon. Um, mm -hmm. So it might be worth looking into that since they have no security. Um, while we appreciate your support, you may want to go and uh, end that and close your account or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just there's something about it. Yeah. There's a lot of people in here saying, hey, um, maybe you should delete your Patreon account. So... Just a heads up. Uh, I have one because I uh, I use it to uh, contribute to various projects, open source projects like um, operating systems and stuff. And uh, just because uh, I don't know, man, I was talking to someone yesterday. He's actually a uh, soon to be new hire of mine coming on board in November. I'll save his name for once he's actually here. Uh, he's a he's a member of a board for a security startup um, that that got some I'll just say significant Series C relatively recently and so he just he wanted to show me some things he was working on and and I thought it was fascinating and I'm under NDA so I can't talk about them but there was a very interesting point that seems obvious but I you know I hadn't really thought about and that was you know a lot of businesses have cybersecurity insurance for obviously dealing with 
any anything that they may have to get funding for, whatever it might be, right? So they, they get this insurance in the event that they have an incident, et cetera, et cetera, just like you would any other type of, of insurance. Mm-hmm. That part I knew. But what I didn't realize, but seems obvious, is that a lot of these insurance providers actually want to get out of the business. Hmm. And the main reason for that is, is because it's very, very strongly believed that this is not if, it's when you will get hit with various yeah. things. I mean, security is just such a problem right now. And, so they're and not that actually made a lot, a lot of sense of to me. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're likely like going the to business. have to pay out. Yeah. Correct. The business is not good. So what they're doing right now, I mean, they're not just like saying, hey, like we don't provide you the service anymore. They're changing the requirements. So a significant amount of the requirements on the business from a security perspective are oftentimes dictated by an insurance provider. Well, that is going to go up dramatically. And, and I don't know all the specifics and some of the things I was told yesterday, I can't share. However, I just thought that was fascinating to think about. And it seems incredibly obvious, right? that this isn't going to be as profitable. But that just proves to me just how prolific this is, you know, across everyone in every industry that the people who built a business on ensuring, you know, security incidents for businesses don't want to be in the business anymore because, and I guarantee you, this isn't just on a whim. They've put some thought into this. This is their business. They don't think it's possible to avoid it. And that's, that's just, that's just insane. You know, which is exactly the same. So my wife's family has a cabin in the woods and it's like super old. It was built in like the forties or fifties or something, right? It's way run down. They have so many forest fires in that area. Insurance refuses to absolutely refuses to cover it. Right. Because again, same scenario. It's not if it's when it burns to the ground. Right. That, I mean, it makes perfect to me as, you know, just thinking of it from a bit from the business side, I honestly think this is only going to get, Worse for them because I don't know how many people are familiar with Sarbanes-Oxley, early 2000s, I want to say, basically necessitated financial expertise requirements on the boards of publicly traded companies. That same thing that happened for finance is in the process of happening for cybersecurity expertise. So you're about to start seeing a lot of people who probably you know, sit today on in chief information security officer roles, which by the way, is a role that is really only about 15 years old. Like that's about how long that role has existed are about to be, you know, moving to or being offered board seats more often than not in order to satisfy this requirement. Once it comes out, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things going on. The specifics are being ironed out and and a lot of things could change between now and whenever this, this gets enacted, but it is going to happen. I feel pretty confident about that. And I think that that in and of itself is is a leading indicator of just how important the security side of things is. I mean, I'll even share, I'll say it's an SHI insight. I mean, if you look at like growth rates of the business, we've grown in really all of our different what we call solutions practices, but none of them have grown faster than security. And it's the second biggest number. I mean, if you think about that from a percentage basis, that's wild. And a lot of that is... <laughs> It's it's it almost feels wrong. It's like security is growing because of the bad behavior growth we see from groups, mm-hmm. you know, all over the world. So yeah. it's just it's pretty wild, man. I've spent a lot more time digging into security. I mean, I have staff, of course, that that roll to me these days that that are security experts, which has made me, you know, I, I'm learning from these guys, which is the best way to do it, I think. And it's it's just fascinating all of the different things that I have 
learned really in the past few years related to security. And yet I still feel like compared to a true security expert, I do feel like I still just don't even know anything. And that makes me even more afraid for like the general public. Right. Uh, yeah. The people that don't ever think literally about literally know nothing. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. They don't get phishing training and they don't get, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and I'm sorry, I have to, I have to do this, but anytime I get pulled into a conversation that revolves around insurance or touches on it. I got I got to jump to the what grinds my gears section here. <laughs> do you do you know and so into the whole point of profitability and all that kind of stuff and so clearly they're just making heaps of heaps of cash on all of the other insurance things um, that exist in our world. Do you know how many people take a guess US citizens that work in the insurance sector? How many employees? Oh gosh, how many employees in the mm-hmm. totality in of insurance. the insurance sector? In just the United well, that's States. a good question. Okay, just the United States. Let's say there's three hundred ish, three hundred and fifty million people in the United States. I'm gonna say and that some of those are babies. Some <laughs> of those are babies, yeah. Yes. I'm going to say that five million people work in the Okay. Insurance. Yeah. Okay. I expected you to go under that. 2.86 million people in the insurance sector. Go look up okay. any insurance company and they all have, I mean, cause there's, there's only like really a handful of them. They all have 300 to 400,000 people that work for them. Well, this is more so than, what I was actually more than Walmart, Walmart has 2.3 yeah, so million, what they call associates, but I wasn't mil- thinking more. Because of the big ones, like when I think of a big insurance company, I think of like Nationwide or maybe uh, yeah. USA. Right. Um, I was like, the reason why I thought the number would be really high uh, was actually because of all the small insurance providers. Mm. There's like, okay. like insurance seems to be a thing, kind of, kind of like real estate sure. that a lot of people get into that, it, you know, it, it, it does require a certain type of education, but it's more of a certification process that mm-hmm. people go into. And I just see a significant number of people who successfully move into the insurance business um, from other industries. And it's it's a fallback that a lot of people go on. And this is in no way, shape or form detracting from the insurance you know, people like employees. Just pointing out that I always think of that as like, I would assume that there's also 5 million realtors or whatever, you know, sure. out there. Yeah. And I think insurance oftentimes like to give you an indication, my dad, who has owned a real estate business, had 700 employees growing up to give you any indication of the size. So small business, but not too small. Um, you know, he moved into insurance for a while as well. Actually, both of my, I have a stepdad and biological father. Both of them have dabbled in insurance at some point in time. Well, so, there you, go. Um, you know, and both are money both to be made, owners, apparently. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's clear. Well, not not in not in the cybersecurity insurance side, um, but there's a lot of reasons why sec- insurance grinds my gears. I think some of which you've actually experienced personally. Um, but that's 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 for a different conversation. I'll bring my wife on for that conversation because yeah, that that stuff is insane. Okay. Um, so we'll come off of that insurance and security stuff. I got to ask because it happened since the last show. Apple event reactions from you. What do you think? Uh, I did watch it. Uh, I, I did have to kind of piecemeal some of it. I thought, I think my favorite announcement from it was probably the Apple Watch Ultra. Uh, yes, I'm looking I at thought, it right now. I, I thought that thing was pretty legit. You saw in the chat I, I, that I messaged, I was like, this thing is for you. Um, it, it even, mm-hmm. 
even like the so you know when i know the announcement's good for me anyways is when it makes me go look at like what the option is that i have in my ecosystem that compares yeah. uh and that's what i did that's that a good I, way of I, it. It, yeah so i have um you know we talked about this i think last year when i got it I have a Galaxy. I'm not a watch person, but smartwatches have sort of gotten me to adapt to using these. And so I have a Galaxy Watch 4, and it's like the classic version that has this, you know, very satisfying clicking wheel on the edge to kind of navigate around. I mean, you use the touchscreen as well, but it's like you can navigate by using this very satisfying click wheel. Well, they removed that on the Galaxy Watch 5. So I'll be honest, I didn't even look at the Galaxy Watch 5. Mm. Um at all i just in no i didn't even consider it because i like this satisfying click so much I, I don't really plan on changing my watches every year anyway so it's not a big deal but i did go look at the galaxy watch 5 after seeing that to see if they had a similar type of uh you know ultra spec or something and they do have one called the pro which i guess would kind of effectively be their similar type of thing but it's not nearly as rugged uh as the other ones it's just sort of bigger more battery life you know, different sensors, stuff like that. So I don't think they really had quite the same. I think they've tried to do this Galaxy Watch Active for a few years. That's been more on the rugged side that I know that some people have gotten that, you know, in, in case of instead of getting things like a Fitbit, as an example. Yeah. So I thought that thing was pretty cool in general. I think if I had an iPhone and I had an older Apple Watch or I didn't have an Apple Watch, I would con I would consider that even without being a big endurance runner. I just thought that that was the best version of the watch yeah uh, it was that, interesting that I, too to see that apple had undercut the garmin phoenix uh by several hundred dollars in pricing interesting you know move there i didn't know that and i don't know a lot about the garmin's either but i do know that i did see some comments online where people were saying it's like maybe i get this instead of a garmin right which i guess is probably for the the ultra you know outdoorsy types right mm -hmm. um much you know, i could i could call you that in at least some respect um you took a like two month long, you know, road warrior trip. But the, um, the thing that was interesting to me was, and maybe I got this wrong. Maybe you can correct me. Maybe Zook, I know Zook could correct us. Um, it didn't seem like the prices changed at all on like any of the newer versions of things. Uh, like the watch eight or, and all that. Like, yeah, yeah no, those like were about the, the same. New, the, yeah. the new version of the same thing. So the phone yeah. or the watch or whatever else. Yeah. Those were all about the same. Yeah. They all seem the same. And some people would argue, because I saw there was a lot of riffraff about like, I saw an article that I will tell you, I, I really disagreed with. Um, the title of it was Apple treating its customers as second class citizens is going to be a the new normal or something like that. Hmm. And I thought it was, I thought it was a wholly ridiculous article, but I, I read it. And so I gave him the it written by I, Steve Jobs' daughter. No, it was written by Tyler did, Gates. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't, but did you no. see the? Did you I see did. the meme that she posted? It was the the uh, photo of the guy opening up the same shirt he's already wearing, talking about the iPhone yeah. 14. Well, that's exactly what <laughs> this article was it. over. Yeah, um, it was exactly what this article was over, right? Which was that the 14, the non-pro, right? That the non-pro was just basically the exact same thing as as yeah. the 13. And while I recognize and understand like what, where they're going with that, uh, because it's pretty apparent, I, I do think that it's like, they. this is something that I've criticized Apple for, for, for many 
years is not giving a cheaper option. And I recognize none of these are cheap, but in the relative world of smartphones, what does it start at? 700 bucks, 600 bucks, something like that mm. um, for the 14. Yeah, I'll have to go look because I mean, to our conversation a few episodes ago, I don't ever look at the starter one. Well, exactly, right? So, but in in any light, that is uh, that is for four twenty nine. Four twenty nine. Yeah, the iPhone SE. Oh, sorry, the iPhone SE is four twenty nine. The iPhone thirteen is five ninety nine. The new iPhone fourteen is seven ninety nine, and the iPhone fourteen Pro is nine ninety nine. Yeah, so it's starting at eight hundred bucks, which is where the top end used to be. Right. It is, it is a lot of options, but I, I like the fact that Apple is offering different tiers of options. And because that is that has not been a thing that I think they would have done in the Steve Jobs era, which it, it sounds like maybe you would fall on the other side, do less options. I think there's also an yeah. element of like what you and I have done for a living for at least I've done it for at least 12 of my 12 years of my career has been you know, we work in sales support, we go and work with customers. And, and you typically, you know, it's not good. It's not in anyone's best interest to be like, here's eight different options, right? It's yes. like, maybe you get two. So I think there's literally that one watch ultra. There's one, you can order it with different color bands or different types of bands. That's it. <laughs> and I love yeah, it. But there's, a, but there's a watch ultra. And then there's like a watch eight. And then a watch eight. Correct. YOLO swag. Like I'm comfortable yeah. with the options piece because I think I think especially for a brand like Apple, which is very much so a you know, Apple doesn't really meet the market where the market is. Apple likes to say the market can come to us. It's a power yeah. that I believe very few companies have ever held. I believe Apple holds that. But I think that this is a little bit of a give and take on their end, which of course is playing to, towards a strategy of market share, which is if you look at like the downside Hold of on, Apple I'm from out. a, yeah, <laughs> sorry. When you, everything you say just makes me think of other stuff. But <laughs> when you said that Apple can come to us, did you, I think we talked about it on the TBP chat where Tim Cook was answering a question from the crowd that said, Hey, when are you going to take care of the, the RCS, like my, my grandmother's green bubbles or whatever, and, or my mom. And he was like, yeah, buy your mom an iPhone. <laughs> Come to us. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, did, I mean, that, that's, to, that's how to draw that. It's a perfect thing to say to it. Right. With the whole RCS thing. Like I, I completely understand why Apple isn't doing it. The, the frustrating things about the, here's one thing I, you know, I tell people with fair regularity and that is, I try, if at all possible, to avoid dealing in absolutes because absolutes typically are the the thing that can make you a hypocrite very quickly. And I think that that's what Apple runs into is the hypocrisy of we are for privacy and security, but we don't want to upgrade our fallback standard to something that's encrypted like RCS. Like mm -hmm. that's a weird stance to take, but the business decision of the iMessage advantage, which it is one in the United States. Like for, I recognize we're in 160 different countries. Every time this comes up online, people say, why does this even matter? The reason why it matters is because in the United States of America, probably also in Canada, if I had to guess, so let's just say all of North America, the default application is king, period. It just is, and it always will be. That will never change. That's why mm -hmm. Microsoft got in trouble years ago for IE and Office apps and things like that. And it's just, 
there's the default application wins. It just does. And so if you don't have a default way of sending grandma nice pictures, you're never going to be able to do it. No matter how many times you show her how to install WhatsApp. I think I used the example one time of I installed WhatsApp on my mom's phone. I messaged her on WhatsApp and then I got a response back in text. Like, these <laughs> are, yeah, I've, I've talked about that before. That was when I knew yeah. that this was, this was impossible. That's right. Um, and so I just, for, for that particular piece, that's why this is so important, but that's the advantage that Apple has. They yeah. can afford to have the market come to them. This is also the reason why, you know, there's, when you talk about like management, governance, things like that in a market, you you let the market decide things. The reason why Apple gets caught up in any of this government scrutiny and antitrust has nothing to do with some scandal like Cambridge Analytica or some other thing. It's because they're a market maker that is allowed to define their terms and it always works. And at a certain scale, that becomes a problem because you hold a responsibility in the market. And that's why they become a target of these things. They also probably have some decent footing to stand on, uh, on, you know, to go against like the, the true nature of a monopoly. Right. And so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how a lot of this stuff comes out, but the nuance that goes into these conversations is often forgotten, especially in Apple's case. And I just think that, and I've stated this countless times, I'll state it forever the goodwill that they have developed from for their brand is unrivaled and I'm jealous of it. And I yeah. think that that thing is the reason why he can sit there and let's be honest, man, like if any well, other said, CEO says that, yeah, it's a bigger deal than what's being made right now, which a lot, most people are saying, ah, that's funny, but they're all, some people are also cheering it, man. Like there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, absolutely, bro get mom the iPhone or whatever it is. <laughs> well, like you won't get, you won't get that with any other company. And that's yeah, something you, that they've achieved. Yeah. You've just proven that Tim Cook is a Sith Lord dealing in absolutes because he just simply flat out said that if we, if we bring RCS to the iPhone, we're not going to sell as many iPhones. Period. Dude, <laughs> like a hundred percent. I mean, this is, this is the, the weird thing you run into, and it's not just like, it's not like Apple employees, like Apple customers, it's like people are telling you, well, it's better. And then you ex you ask them why. And then they can't compare and contrast anything from a competing product because they've never seen or used it. Yeah. And yet, and yet right. the thing me, they have is better. So yeah. it Let just me bring it back happens, the, but it works yeah, for them, right. you know? You're right. Let me bring it back to the Watch Ultra. I also saw a comparison, a side-by-side -side of the resolution of the Watch Ultra versus the very first iPhone. Is almost identical. Whoa! The, like the pixel by pixel, right? Like you know, three eighty by five twelve or something like that. Really? It's pretty funny. <laughs> yes, it's almost that is identical. Funny. Now yeah, the pixel height on bigger. the watch is just like well, yeah, the screen is bigger, but much lower resolution. This is a smaller screen, yeah, yeah, much yeah. higher resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, sure. two hundred or two thousand nits, which is twice as bright as the previous the generation. Like even the or not even the previous generation. It's twice as bright as the new uh, watch eight. Which is only a thousand. Hold on. Nits. Okay. Okay. So you're still talking about the watch because the phones yeah, watch Ultra. also Sorry. get to two thousand nits. By the way. Oh, I I don't for, I don't really care that much about the phone because it's the same. Like I'm with what's her name, Eve Jobs, which I think is hilarious. Apple and Eve. I don't know. Whatever. 
Um, <laughs> but the, um, where were we going with that? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I'm not, well, I wasn't really even paying attention to the phone. There's not that much that differentiated. Uh, the well, watch was really so we're cool. Clear, yeah. The, the, AirPods the, were the phone, cool. the pro, the, the iPhone 14 mm-hmm. and the iPhone 14 plus did not differentiate very much, but I did think the pro max did a, did a pretty good job just in general. Like, cause they, I mean, one, they added this Zook and I were talking about it in the chat. So one thing, the that, dynamic Island. Yeah. So that I recognize the name stupid, but like, I just don't <laughs> think it matters. Um, no, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I actually think it accurately describes it because it's a little I, Island. It's not it, a notch. It's anymore. a little it's Island an Island and, and it moves dynamic. around. People First were freaking off, out about it. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I think aesthetically it looks dramatic like an order of magnitude better uh but then it's also functional which speaks to my heart as Mm -hmm. you know an engineer and i just i love that part of it but the other part of it is is that it really improves on notification management and and through talking Mm -hmm. with hook it was it was it was obvious that like that's not a thing that he necessarily thinks about as much like he thinks of notifications as like things that just alert him to something that's came to his phone or that his phone wants to tell him about. Whereas in Android notifications management is like everything. It's like the entire what do you device. mean by that? So like whenever I'm, whenever I was texting yesterday in that chat, I was reading an article on the economist, like in the app from the economist and the entire time that I was responding to your text, and or not, I'm sorry, not your text, the TBP community text, and then another chat for work that was going on. The entire time that that was going on, as well as whenever I was trying to use my flashlight to find, it was like a USB-C dongle thing, and check the weather, I never left the Economist app, ever. Hmm. Because cool. every single thing I did was in my drop-down menu on my notification bar. And so that that thing there, and then on top of that, like there's a bunch of things that Google's done over the years that naturally collapse and group and prioritize notifications that come onto your phone based off of your usage. And so like a major, major thing. And if you go look on like, you can only really discuss this on Android forums because <laughs> there's a guy who asked this question. It's funny. If you go to like, uh, Android Reddit or something, or maybe it was Pixel Reddit. I'm not sure which one it was. And then there was like the iOS Reddit. This guy had asked, he's like, hey, I'm looking to make the switch uh, from uh, iOS to Android or Android to iOS. I can't remember which one it was. And it was like, what are some of these things that you struggled with when you made the switch? That was what he was asking. He ended up getting banned from the iOS Reddit for asking that question. And so he went to the Pixel Reddit and asked the same question. And these questions get asked with fair regularity. And there's a lot of iPhone users on the Pixel Reddit because a lot of people who use iPhones and Androids ever since the Pixels have released, they've kind of gone back and forth between just those two phones, right? The ones made directly by Google and then obviously directly by Apple. And the lists are all very similar every year, like the certain things that are a little different that nag them about one platform or the other. There are a few things that are holistically and completely consistent though. Like on the Apple side, it's always consistency of hardware, battery life. On the, well, I'm sorry, and consistency of hardware in the ecosystem and the battery life. And then okay. on the Android side, it is always customization 
notification management. Hmm. It's like all the time. Like it, it, it yeah. for years, this has been the case. Now there's, there's a whole bulleted list. And I would, I would say as someone who's, who's had a decent amount of experience with both platforms that, that I, I'd say I agree with usually 80, 90% of whoever the poster is, but it's always like someone, I, I always respect the people who they've taken the time over the years to sort of collect their thoughts and put them into something cohesive and maintain that list because they know the question is going to get asked. And you almost always get a guy who's, who's done this, but you can always tell whenever people who are responding are people who haven't used both. They've only used one or the other. Be like, oh, well, the pixel does this because of X, Y, or Z. And they'll go on to some like design philosophy, which is utter crap. Like no one actually cares about that unless you're trying to root on Google as your favorite phone company. Like it's whether or not the thing you're doing makes you more efficient or functional with what you need to do. And that's where you can you can kind of discern good and bad science. And you, you'll likewise have the same people on like, the other side they'll be like well i use ios because of x y or z and then it, it you know it turns into an entertaining thread to read if i'm completely honest but you're so educational there, well i enjoy these conversations right? it's a problem <laughs> um <laughs> I, I tell people all the time like you can do what i do as long as you read a whole lot of things for about 25 years straight yeah um, well but, to but my that's point that's on the, the, phone, the interesting though, nuance there yeah. i think the nuance on, right. of the the max is that the phone? I think the Max is a tangible upgrade. Like for instance, and she doesn't know this it's yet. It's not like, though. It's like, let me, let me, let me break this down for you here. The yeah, I fourteen, or what did you say before? What did what did you say about loud or something? Well, I I because I was going to say this, but like for instance, you're not interested in the phone, but this phone, this iPhone fourteen Max, destroys your phone, and you have a twelve Does Pro it? Max. Yes. Okay, so it's an order of magnitude difference. I I just bought my wife this. This is going to be right. not loud. She has a 12 Pro Max. Oh, is that why you're? That's why you're like leaning over the microphone. That's why. So I, that's, why that's why I'm leaning over the my microphone right now. <laughs> Sounds funny. Okay, but <laughs> all right. So here's the differences, though. Um, so the the 12 Pro Max is a static 60 hertz display. The yeah. 14 Pro Max is uh, is 120 hertz. Refresh. Dramatically different order of magnitude. But it's yeah, but it's very similar design. The um, 14 has a slightly thinner uh, screen and border, right? Um, you get the dynamic cool. island versus the notch. Um, you have a faster different. A16 bionic chip, higher res 48 oh. megapixel main camera. But I, the camera that I have is is already like so powerful. You get 4 4K cinematic mode video, which I don't really, I don't really need 4K. Action mode stabilization, I like that, but I feel like the stabilization capabilities. Wait the, a minute. The, this the Hold sensor on. stabilization is is yeah what you your phone records in 4k today though right um probably it's it's got to i don't know dude i think i think it does surely it does uh i think probably. my my like two pixels ago and pixels are crap at video just so we're clear like maybe the worst yeah it's um, got to had had it so i think i think your phone does too that's probably some specific mode trying to but pull like, it up in settings here record video yeah i can do 4k i can do 4k yeah, yeah. 24 30 or 60 frames per second yeah you're right so yeah. I, I don't know cinematic mode is like layering of what you know whatever you get new emergency features the satellite connectivity um but it's gonna have the same battery life same charging speeds like it's not just it's not a big jump for me honestly well so, okay not as this much as the question. watch ultra is that's crazy the what 
crazy. The Watch Ultra is definitely a very big jump. But like for me, and I told you this last year, that screen difference from the 12 to the 13 basically made it a completely different phone line to me. And hmm. you you poo-pooed it then. So I'm curious, like what would make it what would okay, better question. I want a bigger Let's phone. Say, I want a slightly bigger phone. <laughs> so okay, so much well, ha- like I watch football you've got on a- here or YouTube and all kinds of stuff. Like and I remember when I bought the 12 Pro Max, ton of people made fun of me because I didn't get like the normal 12 or whatever. And they're like, that yeah. that thing is gargantuan. That's insane. Well, first of all, like I have big hands and um, I wear clothes that have big pockets. And so it's no problem at all. Fine, whatever. Uh, but it was also kind of like right at the pandemic time. And so I wasn't traveling much anyway. So I didn't need a whole lot of mobility. Um, the quad lock case is fantastic. Even if I want to go, you know, cycling or whatever, it still just snaps right on. Um, it's waterproof. We throw it in the kayak. Like it's, it's no big deal. Uh, but having the massive screen when I want it, like we watch videos, my girls will come up around me. Like I cannot imagine because I, I came to it from an eight, which was stinking tiny. Like it would disappear in my palm. I get it. Uh, I have an so eight. I really appreciate I have an eight a bigger plus screen. to my left for sure. So yeah. I, I get it. Um, yeah. I've had, I've had six inch phones for quite a while. And then the one I currently use is six, six Yours is six, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think you're going to get, larger than probably, probably 6.9 on sure. a candy bar phone so this is my question to you because it was in the chat yesterday and yeah uh, i don't i don't know if i've publicly stated this so i'll go ahead and do it now i'm not I buying a fold so that was my question so you're <laughs> so you're never going to get the thing that you want ever so let's just say that your phone works forever will you ever get a new phone yeah of course what yeah, would compel eventually... you to do it so cameras are are a big thing for me, but I don't feel like it was a big enough jump. So you're looking at megapixel it. size, but the difference in the cameras over the last like three years has had nothing to do with megapixels. It's been the aperture size. So like yeah, the actual sure. size of the lens, right? I mean, yeah. that's been I a major the sensor size, major the sensor size and sensor stability and all that. It's just not, I don't know. It's not where I would want to spend my money. I just so, it's 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 interesting to me. Yeah, no, and, and that's fair. That's that's fair. Maybe next year. I just it, the um the bigger the bigger phone. It, you know what's gonna be fascinating to me because this I you know what I'm gonna I, I can't bet you because then you can you can manipulate it all. Maybe bet someone else on something and not tell you about it. But the um, <laughs> I guarantee you, 120 hertz changes your life. I think it makes yeah, you. Into, maybe I think it'll it. make you into a. I think it'll make you into a better person. I think it'll make you human. into better. At your, I think it'll make you better at your job. I think it'll probably help ease tensions between the U.S. and China. Like, I think the, the 120 hertz screen is going to be such a big deal to you that you will say to yourself the exact same thing that every person on the planet has came and said once they moved to a higher resolution screen, which is, I would have paid triple for this five years ago if I would have known better. And I, and I tell you this as someone who went through go. this transition myself. Um, yeah. I, when I got... So I, you know, I, everyone knows, obviously, I'm a gamer, big time Counter-Strike, played Counter-Strike for a very long time, about to enter year 23. And 144 hertz monitors came out in like 2010. And then I ended up getting my first one in like 2013. There was a sale on this one that was like an older model. And I just remember, I think it was like $250. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so expensive. But it was on sale for like 200 
And I was like, okay, I guess I'll use this. I've never really cared like what all the pros were using. I don't care about their strats. None of them know how to manage the economy as it is anyways. Double saving whenever it's a save is stupid. Uh, the All of these different <laughs> things that, that they come to, I just don't care. I, I independently think for myself on these things. So I didn't get it for, for several years. And then I paid $200 for it. And I was mad at myself for paying 200 bucks for this monitor. I got it. And I, at that point, I'd been playing Counter-Strike for 13, 14 years. I've had countless numbers of mice, keyboards, you know, network connections, computers, graphics cards, CPUs, whatever you want to call it. I have, I'd had all of it. Nothing has But the monitor was just... Yeah. I have never in my life had a singular thing that I bought in any aspect of my life had it directly affect everything that I was doing. Wow. In the okay. way that buying that monitor did. And then I, so I immediately told, you know, whatever, six, seven friends about it. None of them cared either. They all kind of had the same attitude that I did then and that you clearly do now. And well, I just have then, to see it, I guess, then I have to see it to believe well, it, it. I don't know. It it's is just one twice of the things number. Fine, start, whatever. There's just, there's something about it that's so, like, whenever I get on my wife's phone, she has the, the your phone, the 12 Pro Max. I, I I don't do it now, but for a little while I started. I was restarting her phone because um, <laughs> I was like, "So bad." Okay. Yeah, because I thought I thought there was something wrong with it. I'm serious. I did. I was like, "This That's there's crazy. something like this phone." Because I'm sitting there, was, like I'm pulling this up to like swipe through and all that, and just see how it's working. Um, and, oh, well, man, and this saw. was Sorry. when I had a um, a 90 hertz screen not even 120. And I will tell you is there are massive diminishing returns once you get to a certain point. Sure. Um, like I have a 240 hertz monitor now. It's unnecessary, but there's reasons why I have it. The Okay, well the the, the, the reason why is because whenever I'm sitting there scrolling on say my computer monitor or my phone or whatever it is, every now and then there will be a like a blur or a ghosting effect. And that's when I'll know this is sitting at 60 Hertz. Like it'll, and it'll bother me because I'll see it. I never saw these things before because it was the only thing that existed. And then once I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, this is like a completely different device. And so when I moved to 120, and whenever uh, my wife does soon, um, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be so much different because, and I, I will tell you that I've shown this to her before. And this is this is a you know of course, like many people, like my wife isn't she's not a technologist she doesn't she doesn't care about these things in general she she'd be mad at me about buying this thing for, her. but whenever I showed her my phone she was like wow that actually is that's that's incredibly noticeable because she she I I just I just had her pick up fo- both phones side by side and I said will you just scroll up and down and and iPhones by the way are notorious for being smoother scrollers than Android. And I would not yeah. refute that at all. Um, and she was scrolling and she was like, man, y- your phone is so clear. And I was like, yeah, I know. So and it, it was, it was, it was even, it was the only thing in technology that she's ever been able to point out to me in 10 yeah. years of knowing her. So just saying, okay. It's change your life. And it's going to ease tension between us and China. I feel pretty confident about it. (laughs) Well, so the human eye sees at roughly like 60. Oh, my God. Are you (laughs) who's putting you up to this right now? 
Nobody. I'm just going to prove I was going to prove a point. No, 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 no. Are you about to? Okay. All right. How much longer you got on this podcast? How much time you got? <laughs> um, <laughs> did, no, I was did going you to prove Google your point. This? No, I, no see, I, I know. If this, you were about to tell also... me that the human eye can't see above 60 frames per second, no, I would drive to Flower Mound and set your no. house on fire. <laughs> it can, but the challenge is that the if you have sixty presenting to sixty and it's off, it's like when you it's like if you film a helicopter and the rotors are spinning at the, a speed where the camera is like in sync and the chopper is just sitting still or the blades are spinning backwards, it's not getting enough information. I was just going to prove your point. Okay, never mind. Go one twenty. Um, <laughs> to lose my it's just the backstory there is that my entire friends group chat they love because you, you'd see because you see people in gaming that will argue they'll be like well you can't really tell motion above 30 frames per second and then they'll argue like, yes, no it's 60 frames per second and then and then can. like someone who actually knows what they're talking about will go in there <laughs> and explain and explain the way that the human eye actually AKA myself and okay. and it drives me insane. So people that basically the whole 60 frames per second thing is used as a meme against me all the time. So I thought someone was putting you up to that. No. I thought that I thought we were about to go down that road. So Nope. Anyways, I was, I'm going to I was predicting it as somebody rate, throwing it. No, I was predicting it as somebody throwing it at you and I was defending is, it. Is so high right now. I can't <laughs> bring I can't, it let down. Me check, let me check my non Apple Watch or my Galaxy Watch 5. <laughs> My my heart rate, rate is currently at one ten. <laughs> one ten. I'm sitting in my chair. Think about that. You're getting an aerobic exercise right now. Okay, uh, so people were clamoring for RCS. Um, Apple said no way, and in fact, because you asked, we're also going to take away your SIM card, eSIM what? only now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm setting up a joke. These are jokes. These are bad jokes. Okay. The thing is, is uh, like I could actually see that happening. I mean, I know that's actually what they're doing, but not for that reason. I could see that yes, reason exactly. being a thing that they would do. Golly, dude, I had to, I had to like unfollow it. I almost blocked some people on Twitter because I make bad jokes like that, and they're like, "You can't say that." Blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, get out of here. Get out of here. This is luckily you're not on Twitter for, anymore. So this is for comedic problem. purposes. Yes, I'm grateful. I've I'm no longer on Twitter. Okay, but my question is, because there's a bunch of people, like, what what is your opinion on it, first of all? Also, there's a lot of people with opinions around the fact that they did it differently. So in the US, there's no SIM card. It's eSIM only. There's a lot of people saying, hey, what in the world? Why do I need to be able to load four different SIM cards into, like, are people switching between phone numbers that often? Like, I've had one phone number for 16 years now or whatever. And then the other concern about people either coming to the U.S. or going overseas and either you know having roaming charges, not being able to get a local SIM, all that kind of fun stuff. Any thoughts yeah. on any of that? Is this a concern yeah. or is this just totally overblown? I think for the majority of people, it's not a concern. Um, I think the use cases I know. And so what I don't know is I don't know the limitations of the new system that they're doing. I'm assuming because I do assume you'll be able to use multiple eSIMs because that sort of has to happen. Yes, they, correct. Because Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, cause you can't take that away because a lot of people, and see, I'm, I'm talking like millions of people. I don't know the actual stat, but I feel very confident about this who use multiple lines, one for work, one for personal have moved away from multiple phones, which is what we used to do and done two different SIMs. Like every one of my people does that. And so yeah. that particular piece, um, 
is is one major thing. Another one is some people do travel to areas like, for instance, Broken Bow, Verizon doesn't work. Um, yeah. AT&T does. So I do know some people will like. Oh, so people are swagging out so hard that they just have different. They have T-Mobile. They have AT&T. They have all this. I mean, how's that any different than the people yeah. who do it internationally? You know? I guess it makes I mean, sense, dude, because like when I went to go travel, I almost bought like a little um, uh, T-Mobile puck, but I was traveling yeah. with the Tyler Gates and he had all of the internet connectivity that anyone could need. So I just. That's what it. I'm talking about. Um, you know? Yeah, he was he came through clutch man like big time he had his phone which i never used but he had timo uh which he could broadcast from um his his own like wireless access point setup throughout like he was insane and then he had uh and then he had starlink as well so it was we were so covered yeah anyway i'm sorry well, but yeah back to this. i think when it comes to the eSIM side of things i I'll, i mean you know, i've personally never used an eSIM, but i I mean, I hold no allegiances to SIM cards. So to me, I don't think it's a big deal. To me, really what this said to me is, it's just, it's a thing that people are going to bitch about and get over, which is sort of, you know, Apple's MO. Like only Apple in this technology space can do this, right? Like getting rid of the headphone jack, right? Like that would have never happened if Apple didn't do it first, in my opinion. I, you know, I think so. Yeah. Because they, once again, they can tell the market to come to them. And I think, for some reason, I don't know what the driving factor here is. Maybe it's they needed room, you know, for something probably. Else. But it's also uh, probably just you get benefits from virtualizing it. But it's weird to me because like I could I would move like and I, I will be interested in seeing the process. But like if I get a new phone and I give my old phone to my daughter or whatever, I pull my SIM card out, move it to the new phone. And it's like moving the soul. Like in my mind, it's like moving the soul of the phone from that one to this one. Okay. Now this one is a dead phone until we put her SIM card into it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but now it's you all virtual. I, now it's all digital, which shouldn't surprise sure, us. I think it'll be easy to fix. But, you know, one thing I think this benefits Apple in, you know, when 5G released, uh, a lot of people were like, well, I don't have 5G on my phone. It's like, we need a 5G mm. SIM card, dude. Like, this is one yes. thing that I bet Apple would reduce support requests for. Um, <laughs> yeah. There, this reminds like me. that. Yeah, that's a good point. There was a call I was on earlier today. Um, somebody was, a friend of mine was telling a story about how he saw a, uh, a grizzly bear in uh, Lake Tahoe. And it reminded me about the park ranger joke about how significant the overlap is between the smartest bears and the dumbest humans whenever they try to just like design bear-proof trash cans. Same thing for SIM cards. Yeah. So you are not getting 5G because you don't have a 5G SIM card. You pulled it over from another <laughs> phone and it's not available, whatever. Um, go get a new one. So yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it simplifies that process. And yeah, you're probably um, right too. It gives them more space inside the phone. I think so, you know, from an engineering perspective. But as we're talking about the phone, I was just looking, because I was going to look up the specs of it and I didn't get to it. I got to another article. Apparently, so one, thank you, Zook, um, for giving me the time to to order this thing. But apparently the iPhone 14 Pro Max, so we talked about this, right? Like the most expensive phones sell the most right now. It's there's the one that's growing the most per unit sold, right? That's the, the that was what the article was at the time. iPhone 14 Pro Max already back ordered amidst Apple Store. It says issues, but what was fascinating, I experienced this this morning because it took me um like 18, 19 minutes. It was just sub of 20 minutes to actually get the phone ordered. Mm. And my, I couldn't, I didn't get like Zook showed his pre-order. And I think it was like the 16th, which is the earliest you can get it. I couldn't get the store to work when I did get in, worked fine, ordered it. And uh, it was like the 27th through the 30th, something like that. 
And then, hi, Bubba. <laughs> My son is, is is tapping on the door. And then yes. on the, and then October, now it's saying it then moved October 3rd and now it moved October 10th. So they're saying that after 30 minutes, it started at the 16th, after 10 minutes, it moved to the time frame that I had, which was like 27th through the 3rd. And then after an hour, it was officially to the October 10th. And then after an hour, you couldn't order it anymore. So this is specifically the max. So kind of fascinating that once again, kind of adds credence to the article we had before. Uh, people pretty much just care about the biggest, baddest one, uh, huh. you know? Yeah. So, and maybe if it was a bigger phone, even more people would want it like Aaron. Okay. So. Uh, this is cool. I just saw, I don't know if this is a software feature or I'm, I'm trying to figure this out because it's showing all of the AirPods and it's describing the features. Maybe this is the new pro, but you can do audio sharing now, which I've been wanting to do. You can like, if you have one device playing a song or a podcast or something, you can now broadcast it to two sets of AirPods. Which is pretty oh, cool. That is cool. Yeah. Is awesome. that an AirPod feature or is that a it looks iOS like it. feature? I don't know. It looks like it's an, well, probably both, but I'm guessing that, I don't know. It, it's not clear. It doesn't say if like both people have to have an AirPod Pro or if this is a new software feature in iOS 16 that allows you to do that. So I don't know, but that's interesting. Something to look for. It is. Um, we we probably got to shut this down. It's, we've been we on do. a while, we but do. I did want to mention what, since we're on Apple. Let's see anything else about the event before I state this other piece. Man, the cinematography was captivating. Oh, you mean like the production value of the yes. event itself? The yeah, event. I thought that. Yeah. Job. Yeah. Definitely stages, a lot of drone the... usage. Like clearly oh, a lot yeah. of drone usage. Um, yes. And the, whoever was working those drones, masterful work. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, Hollywood level stage, like setup, like <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Can well, you imagine? You know, need like, to find a way to use the to... office, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you imagine trying to put together some of those, like the storylines, like the, the guy, the, the alpinist that's climbing the mountain to show off the, the ultra and the shots that they pulled off. It was, it was wild. Very cool. I mean, I'm sure they probably get like, you know, professional directors that actually do films to work on stuff like yeah. that i would i would it's not just like i don't think it's just their marketing team is like yeah let's just go do this no they're, for they're sure they hire people help. yeah yeah even even what i do in vmware marketing we absolutely hire out as well to get support on that yeah but my i mean my mind immediately went to and maybe not the right words but like is this necessary you know what's the roi on this how like who sits down and and why and how do they make these decisions to go to this level of effort to show off their new products. Well, it's fun. what a fascinating question. I don't know if we have full time to get into it, but I will tell you the ROI on it is the ability to have the market come to you and you not go to the market. This is that's brand. Yeah. Everything they do, they don't and and I will tell you I love this because I've argued this for over a decade to people. The things that you you have direct and you have indirect impact. Direct impact is very bottom line focused. It's ROI, it's TCO, it's how much does this cost? What are our margins? What do we pull back? What is EBITDA? What's a profit table look like? That's super easy to measure. We teach that stuff in school. The indirect stuff are the, the ways 
with which you build certain things that are hard to measure, but have a profound impact. And brand is one of those things. And Apple, in my opinion, has the strongest brand of any corporate entity in the history of corporate entities. And so the production value was an indirect measurable impact on their brand. Apple creates quality, period. That's what we do. I mean, I would argue Coke when they had cocaine in it probably had like pretty strong brand. um, Yeah, but was it the same type? Was it more of a addiction? (laughs) (laughs) Or or, it might be the same type of addiction. (laughs) You know, maybe there's something we don't know in that video that was actually some form of narcotic that was going through the internet and into our eyes or something. I don't know. All right. So you were going to say something else and then you were going to say, yeah, it's very. Very last thing, we're shutting it down. And I just thought, it, well, there's two things here. One, an interesting piece. The other one is, is like, it's, it's also laughable. So Brazil halts sales of chargerless iPhones, which is all of them, by the way. I saw that. Um, <laughs> but which, you know, it just brings more to the table about the whole chargerless thing. But that's actually not yeah. the part that I care about. They find them $2.3 million. <laughs> right? Like, I mean... That's which, is, the, which is like a tenth of what they spent on one of those little montages. Dude, it, that's that's like <laughs> Tim nothing. Cook's lunch hour, dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> is he gonna skip lunch a day? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just it's just insane. I just like what what are you what are you even doing here? If you're trying to yeah. make a point, Brazil, one, which yeah. I, I get, pull out a calculator God. and convert to USD and then add a zero, then do the fine. <laughs> yes, seriously, like two point three million. They're like, uh, okay, cool. I guess we'll just pay that and keep moving on. <laughs> anyway, I thought, I thought that was just funny. Uh, just what Brazil's trying to do here, you know? Yeah, was, yeah. Do, you imagine like Tim Cook sitting sitting in his office, getting his morning briefing, and somebody's like, um, "So Brazil's mad, blah blah blah." He's like, "How much?" And they're like, 2.3 million. He's like, "Done." And then they move on to the next thing. Like it's not Dude, even more than three seconds that they think about. It. I don't think I don't think it even makes it to Tim. I think some like mid level <laughs> manager puts true. it on his P card. Like <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're like, where, "Where do you have? Where do you have, do you have one of the like mobile?" tap applications that i can pay through my iphone like can i just do that or how do we do this oh gosh i'm sorry i don't mean to make fun of brazil i'm sure we have wonderful listeners there but come on you can we no it's fine but apple literally has 202.6 billion dollars in cash billion just in cash over two hundred billion dollars. That's a decent amount of liquidity. Um, Tyler mm-hmm. would not agree with that amount of liquidity, by the way. But y'all can no. ask that. Ask him about that. He would say um, leverage that to the returns. max. Right, yes, cool. he would. And then the economy would break, and then Apple would go away, and that would actually make Tyler very happy. But you know, that's, yeah, good. that's why he would make the suggestion. That's right, hundred <clears throat> percent. Okay, that's gonna do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. It is a Friday, so uh, we will be back next Tuesday, I believe, uh, per the new schedule. We're doing Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, lately instead of the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, trying to make it more manageable. Uh, so if you haven't caught on a new schedule, that is what it is. Uh, twice a week, please share it with your friends, share it with your family, just share it in general. All positive things, no negative, because we don't like that. I'm just kidding. You can tell us if we're bad too. Yeah. Uh, and until just next print time, out a copy we'll later. and leave it at the gas station, you know, just share it <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. No just- littering. I want to see I want to see flyers. That's what I want to see. Flyers. I want to be walking down the road and I want to see flyers. All right. So that's my hope. Tyler came, that's Tyler came back from Explore. He was like, dude, I totally should have brought some stickers. I totally should have brought some swag. And yeah, I, I failed to remember that as well. That would have been awesome. 
Oh, you mean so, remember about the conference we didn't go to? But yes, yeah, well, <laughs> but if I was thinking ahead too, I would have also said, "Hey, let me order you some stickers and send them with you to explore." Okay, Next we're time. done. We are later. Bye. Peace.